What can you say and do to employees who don't want to take over responsibility for solving their problems? And what else could you say to your son or daughter besides how was your day and getting a... As you can expect from a best-selling author who wrote multiple books on how to ask questions in sales, such as questions that sell, Paul Cherry has some valuable insights and practical tips that you can use, that you can ask today and implement. So let's start right in. One of the things we all fall into the trap, I have two daughters, 18 and 21, but as I look at their younger days, and it's still true today, falling into the trap of asking the question, how was your day? And if you think about that question, although the intent is well, you would think it would open up the conversation, but under the circumstances with children and loved ones, it, it can be perceived as, you know, on the surface or too generic. And ironically, it can push people away. And I think it's important, though, that when it comes to engaging our loved ones, you know, and our friends and people we're close to, get more specific. Okay, so beyond just how was your day, but, you know, it, tell me, tell me one thing, one thing that was, you know, of most value of interest to you today or anchoring, referencing, leveraging something that you know from the day before last week. It was a class, a study, a peer, teacher, whatever. Hey, I was thinking about your teacher, that teacher, Miss Jones, you know, when she told you, hey, what happened since that in, and how's she handling? So sometimes I'll ask questions third party versus referencing directly that person. Why? Because because uh, you asked the question about, you know, how was your day and, and loved ones. Uh, I think sometimes the kids are overloaded and they need to decompress at the end of the day. So when we start bombarding them with questions because we haven't seen them in eight hours, it's kind of like, let's back off, back off. Let's give people some breathing room. So sometimes the most powerful question, Geraldine, is guess what? It's silence. <laughs> it's just listening and being in the moment instead of filling air with, you know, superficial questions. Does that make sense? My daughter was struggling with a situation just last week going through finals. She's a junior in, in, at the university and she just broke up with her boyfriend. And, uh, you know, that's not a good timing with when you got final exams. And I thought, yeah. oh boy. And of course, I'm being a little selfish or biased because I want to jump in and say, hey, well, you know about the big picture. You don't want to do this. You know, you know, you need to study hard. You know, you need to see what I mean. We get into what I call the telling mode, instructional teaching. Yes. And I think there's danger there. So what the best thing that I can do as a parent is to say mm, empathy, number one, is so important. We all acknowledge the situation, be kind hearted with it, and then ask a question, given the situation, what do you think you should do? And oh. I, that simple question really does allow, get, get the answers more or less that you're looking for. And surprisingly, most of the time, it'll be a better answer than anything that you could give if you asked that person. And that's exactly what my daughter, she took ownership and said, you're right. You know, what I, I need to do is, I need to really hit, put this aside and I'll worry about this boyfriend incident in, next week after the finals are over. Hmm. Came from her, not from me. And that's what we want to give anybody. And this applies to any leader when we're trying to develop our people and take ownership. I, uh, it's, we don't want to have people depend on us and I hear this all the time from leaders that come to me saying, you know what, I, I'm fostering an environment where I'm the problem solver. Well, 
who's owning the problem? And you're, you're solving the problems for others. Don't let other people take ownership of the problems. They have great ideas. Let's empower them. Yeah, there was a, there's a great, I was working with a manufacturing firm and a supervisor uh, of a department was just frustrated because this person was working about 65, 70 hours a week. And it was because people were coming to this person all the time with, hey, I got this problem. What do I do? I got this problem. And it was very reactionary mode where in order to get things done because the line is running, we got to get things moving, productivity, we can't afford any downtime, that uh, this manager was just jumping in and solving the problem. So what he did was we, we took him through a four questioning process. And the four questions were to really ask his team, number one is, well, what exactly is the problem? Number two, what do you think is causing the problem? Number three, what are all the potential solutions that we can come up with to address this problem? Number four is, what do you think? What do you believe is the best solution? Now, I tell you this story because not only would he take his folks through this four questions, but would post those four questions on his door. Before they would walk in, they would have, have to have answers to those four questions. Mm -hmm. And I tell you this, Geraldine, because as a result of putting his team through that four questions, he literally cut almost 18 hours a week from his work schedule. And, and we all know a problem well-defined is a problem half solved. Try to be less reactive and get more proactive. And I realized that all of us are bombarded with so many things, pushed and pulled in a lot of directions, whether there's challenges in their work or challenges in their marketplace or customers. It's really understanding why am I doing what I'm doing? That really is a very powerful question. Why am I doing what I'm doing right now? Mm. Now that's number one. Number two is, can someone in, in a similar role that reports to me or works with me directly or indirectly do this job just as well as me, if not better, if I could develop them. And I say this because we all know from an 80-20 rule, 20% of our activities lead to 80% of results. Yes. So if I'm doing something that I'm very comfortable with, and I'll give you an example. It's just somebody who really likes to enjoy, let's say uh, I deal with a, a sales leader. This sales leader loves to go out on sales calls because misses those opportunities, the, being the hero of closing opportunities. See, this is a classic example that when people get promoted into new roles, they bring, they, they love doing what they did before and they're not growing in the job. And I'm like, why are you doing that when you're taking away, robbing others of the opportunity to be successful and be empowered? There's no way you're going to grow your company if you're being an anchor doing what you did in the past. It's learning to let go. So as a leader, his, his role is no longer to sell but to develop his people so that he can literally instead of having one master salesperson himself why not have 10 great master salespeople and that's where he becomes a teacher now you need to delegate and empower others to do that activity because they could do it just as good if not better than you and he just keeps on going with such valuable information on the whole half an hour podcast which i will distribute very early so be sure to Subscribe so you will get the whole 30 minutes. Thank you so much for being on the Influential Parentpreneur, where we learn how to scale our business and family by growing people. What questions would you ask your child instead of how was your day? 
Or what would you do with your team who doesn't take over responsibility? Or simply leave a review how you found it. Thank you again for being on the Influential Parentpreneur and see you in the next episode.